David Boyle is back. John Hines is back. And Preds fans discourse is back. We'll talk about the Preds bringing back their head coach for a two-year extension. The press conference yesterday that followed it, a lot of interesting tidbits came into that. And did David Poyle drop a few big hints about the direction he wants to take the Preds this summer? We'll break it all down today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime who it's good to see after a week out of the country. I know. I've been humming that Peaches and Herbs song, Reunited, because like, yeah. I'm so happy you're back. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com. Yeah, it's so, so good to have you back. Was it amazing? It was amazing. Uh, Dominican is awesome for anybody listening out there. Uh, Highly recommend Excellence El Carmen for anybody who is looking for a nice little getaway. Uh, Or if you have a friend that happens to be getting married there, even All the better. All the better. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it was was interesting because I didn't have like great cell or internet service Mm -hmm. there. So I apparently missed a lot of hockey stuff. Yeah. Uh, over the past week or so, uh, Yaroslav Askarov coming here with an entry-level contract. Yes. Milwaukee yeah. Admirals advancing to the next round. couple of exciting stuff. I'm still getting caught up on uh, all the shows you did with uh, Eric and our prospects and, and Brian with kind of his stat breakdown of the year. Yeah. So some good shows there. But, of course, I got back in time to hear the big stuff yesterday. Ooh. Thank goodness you got back for this. This was a whole thing. So yesterday, David Poyle and John Hines had their end of the season press conference. And there had been um, there had been some kind of rumblings on Twitter because normally it's done re- very close to the end of the season, kind of right after locker cleanout. And it wasn't. And so I think people's imagination went to, oh, maybe John Hines isn't coming back. And I'm like, y'all, just sit down. Just sit tight. And turned out... John Hines is coming back and he's coming back for a two year extension. So how are we feeling about this, Nick? You know, for John Hines, I would say fair call. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That was, I, I think kind of what we all expected. I, th- I think the only thing that we thought that Hines wouldn't be back is if Poyle wasn't back. Right. Um, and that's a part of the discussion we'll get to in a little bit, but you know, you, you can't judge somebody based on either their highest or their lowest moments. I think you kind of have to look at their full body of work. And mm-hmm. I think when you look at John Hines's full body of work, and we talked about this, um, he has certainly had a good few years as Predators head man in charge. Um, yes. He obviously, and we talked about this before, deserves his fair share of criticism for the Preds play down the stretch this year. Um, as well as their performance in the first round. But I do like what he has been able to do with this team. Mm-hmm. Um, we we talk about it all the time that it's become sort of a broken record, but the Preds identity, you know, mm-hmm. they're back to kind of having a clear vision of how they want to play. Um, 
And I think that is something that maybe, you know, sort of towards the end of the Peter Laviolette era, the Preds didn't really necessarily have, you know, you kind of saw, you know, them kind of stuck between the old school Preds era and, you know, the up and coming, you know, we want, you know, our, you know, big high scoring team, exciting, flashy and everything like that. And I think John Hines has kind of come in and been like, you know what, this is, this is how we're going to do things. This is the vision we have for how this team is going to play. So from that end, I think he has done a good job of the Nashville predators and he has definitely earned that, um, you know, that two year extension, Definitely going to be under the microscope, though. Uh, For I, sure. I, I think fans are going to be wanting to see more consistency from them next year, especially, you know, down the stretch. I would agree with that. I am very glad that Heinz was brought back. When the news sort of leaked the night before, it was uh, mentioned that he had a multi-year deal. And I will say that I was a little concerned about that. Now it is a multi-year deal. It's two years. But my fear was, if you're looking at a four or five-year deal for Heinz, you know, I, I love Heinz back. Two years is perfect. But if you look at anything longer than that, I think you miss a window for Carl Taylor and you know somebody else would snatch him up in four to five years and so I love the two-year deal I agree with you Heinz is it's going to be a very important two years you know he is going to be under the microscope this team has got to keep progressing but I it's the right move and for people who are frustrated by this you know it is the right move good players have gotten better the locker room is healthy if you hear from any of the players from leaders down to veterans they talk about the chemistry in this team and that's a credit to john hines you know you're seeing improvements on special teams so this is all moving in the right trajectory and i like that hines still can lead this ship a little while longer. The, you know, the whole Barry Trotz, oh, Trotsky. I mean, like, that's like going back to your ex-boyfriend. That's, that's yeah. And that, like, that's he thing. was that's not good for you. He no. was not good for you. Well, he yeah. was, but it's, it's very different situation. And I think right. coaching things, especially in pro sports, um, with very few exceptions, I think kind of have a timeline. Like Barry mm, yes. Trotz was an amazing coach for the Absolutely. Their first decade and a half of existence. And then it just became clear. It's like, you know what, this isn't, you know, the right direction. And then look what happened in, you know, for Washington, he was able to come in and turn that team around. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, right now Trotz is probably someplace that is going to be kind of closer to winning. Yes. I, I would yeah. say that. Um, you know, and that seems to kind of be what David Poyle hinted at yesterday because he was asked that question. It's like, would there be any thought of bringing in Trotz for a front office role? And Trotz or Poyle just straight up said, you know, it sounds like, you know, Barry still wants to coach mm-hmm. a little bit. So, you know, he's probably going to be wanting to get someplace for the cup. But that's the same thing that happened with Peter Laviolette, too, you know, after Trotz. Peter Laviolette, fantastic coach i mean helped the predators kind of unlock a different dimension um but then it became clear that just didn't work anymore so now it's you know how long is john hines going to work is this identity that they built sustainable to a luring you know big name players to come here and play or you know if not big name players at least you know significant free agents additions that sort of thing um and and b is it going to help you win games in the postseason which has kind yes. of been the, the big thing 
that the Preds have been trying to figure out the past couple of years. So, so yeah, from that end, you know, I think two years is definitely sort of, you know, the right window. Yes. I think it's, it's plenty of leash for Heinz to continue to move this team in the right direction. And I really believe that that is what he is capable of doing and what he is going to do. Um, this is what Poyle had to say about Heinz coming back. I thought this was interesting. Don deserves this. We're growing together. I'm responsible. I haven't given him enough to be winning. We're, we're going to win in the playoffs this year against Colorado. Should we play somebody else? That's our fault. That's on our list to try to move up higher in the standings so we don't have to play the best team uh, next year. But I, I think he's done a fantastic job in his, in his staff. And, and the results are right in front of all of us in terms of how we played, how hard we played, how all the individuals played. So I am totally comfortable with uh, John and our coaching staff to lead us to bigger and better things going forward. And he kind of expanded on that also. Um, I think this was sort of later in the press conference um, when he was talking about how he was doing player interviews um, with with all the players at the end of the season. He said just unsolicited the first thing that a lot of these players mentioned was how much they love the leadership. Um, And that includes both Hines and some of the veteran players. So the vibe is there. And I, I do think the resume that Hines put in this season kind of reflects what David Poyle was talking about. It's like he has earned this. Yes. People are so frustrated about the first round exit, and rightly so. It was frustrating. But I think you have to remember that only one team wins the Stanley Cup. You know, only one team wins the Stanley Cup. And the Predators need to move closer to that. They have got to be able to get through the first round. They have got to be able to compete better at the end of the season. But the idea that John Hines isn't the right coach because he can't get this team or didn't get this team to a Stanley Cup is just ridiculous logic because otherwise you would have 31 coaches fired every season. So it's the right direction. I think he has come in and brought health into the locker room, which is one of the biggest challenges. Mm -hmm. Once you get that, you can then deal with the tactical issues, but you've got to get everybody working together. You've got to get team chemistry going. And so I think the next two years of Heinz tenure in Nashville, there will be exponential improvements because that foundation, that really hard, hard work has had to happen early for him. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what he does with this team next year. And it kind of goes in to our next part of the discussion, which is David Poyle. Uh, unless there was something they completely sort of hid yesterday, it sounds like David Poyle is also going to be the man in charge next year. What do we think of that part? And do you think there was any serious consideration that David Poyle was not going to be back next year? That's an interesting topic. But first, though, want to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Uh, They have a new thing out called Built Bar Brownie Batter Puffs. Yeah, I love brownies, but you know what I love more? Brownie batter. I mean, come on. And you're you're a mom. How many times oh, yeah. are you making brownies in the kitchen that you just threw the entire bowl to your kids and was like, <laughs> here, take a spatula, go to That's town. That's right. Lick the beaters while, yeah. while they're off. 
Well, so Bill Bar is putting the best of that together. They have a new creation. This one is better than ever. The Brownie Batter Puffs. It is basically the Built Bar Puffs, which is the protein-infused marshmallow. They are covered in 100% real chocolate, but they are brownie batter flavored. Yep, it is brownie on top of brownie on top of brownie. But hey, this isn't just, you know, a sweet treat. They are good for you. Built Bars are low in calories, high in protein, and only 7 grams of sugar. Plus, they are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of other health benefits. So these keep you full longer. Trust me, when you're eating this, you are going to 100% feel like you're going to have to add more you know, calorie points to your budget. But no, this is a healthy treat that will keep you full all day long so go to built.com and test out the brownie batter puffs today while you're there use promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your order again that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com so john hines coming back um mm -hmm. we both agree definitely should have happened the yeah. other end of the spectrum david poyle um it seems like he's going to be remaining in charge up until next season um, mm -hmm. or at least through next season at the very least um, that I think is the one that maybe rubs some of Pred's nation the wrong way a little bit. Yes. And I can sort of see it, but I was reassured after this press conference because my, one of my big concerns with Poyle is, is he out of touch with where this team is and where they need to get to. And he acknowledges the issues that this team has. You know, he's very upfront about, I didn't give Hines what he needed to win. This, you know, I didn't make a move at the trade deadline and, and drop lots of money on rentals because we weren't a Stanley Cup team. You know, we have holes in our lineup. We had an issue with backup goaltending, you know. So he... He acknowledges the things that I think everybody sees as glaring um, roadblocks to this team getting further in the playoffs. I, I'm torn on this one. I can see, I can see it. It's reassuring that Poyle sort of is reading some of the things with the team right. I and I also think. Every team is very static. Every season is static. Every, you know, coaches are static. And if you look over the Predators tenure, you know, there's highs and lows, valleys and peaks, but the consistent thing is David Poyle. And I think you have to keep in your the back of your mind the, cons you know, the Predators have not won a Stanley Cup. They've gotten close. They've been competitive at times. But I think the leash is getting shorter. Now, he was completely affirmed by Sean Henry and the leadership team. He has their 100% support. They are 100% on board with the direction that he wants to take this team. And he was very clear about that. And Sean Henry posted um, a letter to Smashville. A good old dear fans letter. That's always dear something. That, uh... Yeah. Um, so I think that he has that support. But I do wonder if internally the leash is getting shorter and shorter i know with the fans mm -hmm. the leash is real short but well you know i don't i don't know well and, and here's the thing and um you know as we've learned sort of in hockey media 
usually when there's smoke there's some sort of fire Mm -hmm. you know we kind of heard it um you know i flash back to like january 2019 um when you know there there's like some just chatter and it's like oh yeah kyle turris might be a guy that that gets traded by the predators sooner they may try to look for trade it's like what didn't we just get him didn't we just (laughs) sign him to a new contract and then sure enough what happens six months down the road he's persona non grata in you know peter laviolette and david poyle's world um that following summer you know the the dallas series you know we heard the commentary kind of be like oh a lot is this going to be pk suban's last Mm -hmm. series in a predator's uniform and we're like what he's like a top three players right like why what's this where's this even coming from and then what happens a few weeks later um so from that end you know when we're sitting there during the colorado series and they showed david poyle a bunch in in that preds press box and you know they're talking about his tenure and being it's like yeah you you wonder it's like you know maybe if if the preds are going to go in a different direction because of everything that had kind of happened, the pattern before your mind goes to, okay, there might be something to this. And the fact that, you know, you mentioned it earlier, the fact that, you know, the timing on the end of the year press conference was so delayed. Mm -hmm. um, It really makes you think that there was, you know, a deeper discussion. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to speculate as to, you know, Sean Henry came in and was like, no, fight for your job, Dave. Right. But I think I think I I feel safe in saying there was probably a deeper discussion. And the Mm -hmm. fact that Sean Henry basically had to come out today with like a letter that said, yeah, we're we're behind them. Like this is an official show of support kind of makes you think it's like, okay, you know, there is more behind the scenes than, okay, well, what do we need to do with our roster? I think right. there was a deeper conversation about what everybody wanted to see from each other. I think it's important too to remember that we don't see, you know, like you said, you know, media sometimes gets some smoke and, you know, then fans, you know, get some smoke and all that kind of stuff, but we don't always get to see behind the curtain. I agree with you. I believe that there were discussions. I don't think they were discussions like you said, like, okay, tell me why you should why we shouldn't get rid of you. But I think the leadership, you know, Sean Henry and the leadership that he represents needed to hear and be reassured about the direction that Poyle is headed, the steps that Poyle thinks he needs to take. And I feel like he gave that to everybody yesterday in the press conference as well. And I, you know, give credit for that. We don't always see and hear everything. And, and, you know, Poyle made a really interesting, uh, interesting information and just a great point in the press conference yesterday. He said, you all don't always know what I know. And that was, was true. that an interesting thing or is that, yeah. a, or is that a dick move? Oh no, no. It's just what is, I mean, it's a fact. We don't sure. know all of the discussions and I don't think that he meant it, you know, to be an asshat. I really think yeah. he's just saying, look, I'm going to make some moves that aren't going to look on the surface like they make a lot of sense, but trust that I have information that I'm, this is my best judgment. And he gave the example of Tanner Janot. Tanner Janot was protected in the expansion draft and we lost Callie Yarncroke, which people were up at arms about. And 
who does not love Kelly Yarncrook? He, you know, that was a loss. But um, what he went on to say is that he knew from talking to connections with the Kraken that their intention was to take Tanner Janot. And that's part of, you know, and he knew that Janot was going to be an important key moving forward with this team. And that's why he was protected. And I think people were so up at arms about that, but don't always have all the information. And I think it's fair for Poyle to say that. I don't think Tanner Janot was the part of that equation people were upset about. Uh, I think that goes a little bit further down the roster when you look at Phil Myers. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, Myers. I, I don't think that would. Yeah, I don't think protecting Tanner Janot, uh, more so in hindsight, but especially at the time, was what people were, I think, really miffed about. And it, hey, it, it worked out. Kelly Yarncroke is doing well in Calgary, and Tanner Janot right. is a, probably a, a top four forward for the Preds right now. Um, but I think that the gist of it, whether, you know, people don't like the moves like uh, there was a lot of ruckus and rumbling why didn't he make a move at the trade deadline now I do want an answer on the Phil Kessel thing because that just seemed like yeah. logic to me but you know Poyle said look I knew at the deadline we're this is not a Stanley Cup contending team I'm not going to spend the money and I think people have to understand you know as fans we are emotionally invested but we are not always super well informed and I think the Predators fan base, and I love them, like passionate fans, they're amazing, but you can armchair GM till the cows come home, but you don't have all the information. I'm, I'm trying to put this in like a respectful way. <laughs> yeah. To, to me, David Poyle... You know, there, there was, I, I watched the first 48, uh, which I don't know if you know, it is like a crime show. Oh, I love that um, show. And you hear, you know, detectives talk to, you know, either suspects or witnesses that don't want to talk. And a line they use a lot is he's telling us enough to make it look like he's cooperating, but he's not telling us everything, you know, mm -hmm. so it's like, he's making it look like he's cooperating with us, but in, really he's just, you know, kind of a roadblock. There were certain parts of this press conference that I said, you know what, David Poyle is saying all the right things. Mm -hmm. He's making some points, but at the end of the day, does he really have a grasp on what needs to be done to make this team competitive? Now, really? now here's now here's the thing. Full admission, I don't work in, in an NHL front <laughs> office to, to David Poyle's credit. Yes. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things I don't know. A lot mm -hmm. of behind the scenes stuff I don't know. Mm -hmm. But you kind of have to go on track record and you know, David Poyle did have some chances to be very aggressive, not just at this trade deadline, um, but in past years with either picking a side, you know, are we going to maybe if we're not, you know, a cup contender, you know, do we need to, you know, not somebody like Philip Forsberg? And he addressed that in press conference. He's saying, mm -hmm. look, I'm not trading Philip Forsberg. If we do, our season basically falls apart. Mm -hmm. so credit to him for that. But there's, you know, in, in past years, you know, when you've had, you know, the Ryan Ellis situation last year, you know, if your rationale for not making a 
big move is you're not a playoff team or you don't think this is a cup team, then why not, you know, be aggressive and pull that trigger earlier? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're, if you're not being aggressive into maybe refreshing your lineup, you know, at a time where the player's value is very, very high, then, you know, you're kind of spinning in circles. And I think the thing with Poyle right now is that I think the time has come for him to be bold, for him to kind of make mm. aggressive moves. And he kind of hinted at that a little bit in the press conference. You heard him say, he's like, look, at the – I." intentionally did not spend to the cap Mm -hmm. we've been told we can spend to the cap i just didn't think this year was prudent and the way he said it kind of made it sound like you know what this may be a year in Mm -hmm. which the budget gets a little bit tighter or expands a little bit up into that cap you know we may go out and take a big swing at somebody this offseason um, you know, especially with what happens with Philip Forsberg. Yes. So much hinges on Philip Forsberg signing and Poyle did address that in the press conference too. And we're going to talk about what he said about Philip Forsberg in just a minute, but want to let you know today's episodes brought to you by our partners at bet online, BetOnline.net continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all the latest odds, news and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, major league baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. So Philip Forsberg came up in the press conference yesterday. Oh um, yeah. Basically the the message from David Poyle um, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it was basically kind of along the same lines of what we have heard pretty much this entire process, which was there's mutual interest in both being back. In fact, the way he kind of said it made it sound like this is the preferred thing for everyone mm-hmm. around. Um, it's just going to be kind of a matter of money. And it, yes. it doesn't, the way Poyle said it kind of made it sound like this is still, they've still got a lot of work ahead of them right now. Um, but he, he basically came out and said, he's like, look up until that point where, you know, it's January 1st and and Forsberg is thinking about signing with another team or his options are open. I'm going to keep trying. And it's interesting that he said, he's got some other plans out there. Yes. E, you know, in case Forsberg doesn't work out, but he made it very clear that re-signing Philip Forsberg is the predator's priority right now. Yes. And he was asked if Forsberg doesn't sign, does this turn the Predators next seasons into bigger rebuilds? And his answer was no, which I find interesting. And I don't know how it's not because losing Philip Forsberg is losing such a huge piece of the core of this team and to replace not just his production, but his leadership and his skill set, especially it's a that's a big like plan B is not it's gonna suck way more than plan A. Well, like it unless, just is unless, unless plan B is Johnny Gaudreau. 
that okay maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. okay i could sleep okay with that one but yeah, you, you, you know you're gonna need that big plan b if you yes. want to be competitive without philip forsberg next year and you know maybe that's a money ball situation mm -hmm. where it's like you know okay you can't replace philip forsberg but maybe we replace his production by you know maybe just spending more in the middle six you know, like True. maybe, maybe yeah. we, maybe there's not going to be another 40 goal score on this team, but maybe there's a couple of, you know, 18, 20, 25 goal scores out there on the market that can come in and sort of fill that gap. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden the predators are on even ground again. And then you start to wondering, look, is Philip Tomasino going to be somebody who can yes. kind of maybe jump into you know that 30 goals a year kind of guy mm -hmm. um, luke evangelista is, is he sort of a a dynamic forward um, is there going to be somebody in this draft that you can kind of envision being that top scoring winger again so then all of a sudden if you kind of plug those gaps and just replace the production as an aggregate not necessarily as a person then all of a sudden you're on better footing. True. And one of the issues that Poyle said absolutely has to be addressed is, you know, he talked about second line scoring. You know, he mentioned, you know, of course, um, Forsberg and Duchesne having great years and whether Granlund or Joey was on the second line, they were kind of left with not much to work with. Um, and he did mention Cunnan and Tolvanen by name, which I thought, okay, good. At least we're acknowledging the Cunnan situation. We clearly were acknowledging the Tolvanen issue all season long, every time we healthy scratched him. But, um, but that is an area where Poyle's like, we have got to plug in some talent there. We, there is a hole in the lineup and it's like, okay, good. At least because when they didn't address Cunnan, when they just, sort of glossed over the season that he was not having it was concerning like do you see this like are we all are we all on the same page and I feel like that was reassuring to hear him say yeah no that second line we just didn't have anything and we've got to get that so I agree with you I think you could you could group replace Forsberg perhaps I just would really rather not I would rather. <laughs> I feel like that would make things a lot easier if Philip Forsberg leaves. Yeah, no. Then that, I would yeah. rather just, uh, you know, let's just keep I'd it. Rather have Philip Forsberg. Yeah, he's a good uh, Swedish boy. That would certainly make things uh, a lot easier. Mm -hmm. um, so we kind of mentioned this earlier. Uh, fan perception has kind of been a thing in Nashville. Yeah. We all know kind of where Nashville stand or Nashville fans stand on David Poyle and John Hines. Um, you know, we kind of hinted that maybe David Poyle listens to some of that. There was a question asked in the press conference about what um, Poyle and Hines think of you know, sort of the fan apathy um, and whether they, you know, sort of feel pressured by, you know, by that end of things. Let's listen. Apathy from who? The fans. I hope not. I don't believe that. Uh, again, I mean, I, I hope I'm evaluating things correct correctly. I feel that going back to last year and you were sitting in this room and there were the questions were were hard and I'm repeating what I said in my comments there were questions about the coaching questions about our best players 
questions about our identity. Uh, and I think we answered almost all of those. I mean, you, you, we're in the entertainment business. If I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the game. And I will tell you when I don't think our team is playing hard. And I will tell you if I don't think we're, we're entertaining. But this year, Vesnik Trophy candidate, the best defenseman in, in, the, in the league, two 40 goal scorers. We never had anybody score more than 34 goals. A rookie that gets into the uh, uh, the conversation for the uh, rookie of the year and scores the most goals by by a rookie. Um, Mark Borowicki, he couldn't hardly play last year with all the things that were going on, uh, some physical, a lot mentally, which you talk about, coming back and being, I don't know, an unbelievable leader on our, our, on our, on our team and, and give it every night, like to the point of like, I'm sitting like, don't do that anymore, because <laughs> he was just unbelievable how much he brought in the passion to our, to our, to our game. I can see David Boyle just like holding his head and be like, "Oh, <laughs> Boyle, stop it, stop it, <laughs> protect yourself." Um, what are your thoughts on that, Anne? A couple of things. That was for me one of the most concerning points of this press conference. Because I feel like part of the front office's job is to have a good read on the temperature of the fan situation. And Poyle went on to say, look, you know, if we only had 6,000 people in the stands, that would concern me. But, you know, after COVID, our numbers are coming back and, you know, everybody's sort of rebuilding. But I think you have to broaden your um, criteria for gauging where the fans are and you know Poyle went on later to say that like he's not on Twitter he's like I'm not on Twitter um you know I and the envy him I know well played David Poyle you go um but he said you know I, but the people who are criticizing me on Twitter it could be you know some guy in Alaska be, be some 10 year old boy and then it's kind of stirs things up and and I understand that but I think that the front office needs to broaden the input or the the way that they gauge the temperature of the fans. Because And what I think the issue is, is yes, this team was entertaining this year. And if you say it wasn't, you're lying. This yeah. was entertaining. Um, but fans also, they don't want to just be entertained. They want to win. And this team didn't win the Stanley Cup. They didn't do well in the playoffs. And so that's a problem. But also the key is really consistency. You can get a fan base behind a team that is struggling to rebuild with young players. Like you can get a fan base behind that and and go. You clearly can get a fan base behind a team that's very, very successful. What you struggle to keep a fan base interested is when your team is profoundly inconsistent. And this season with the drop-off they had in that last, you know, 20 games or so, everybody was sort of like, what the hell? And yeah. so, you know, consistency is, is something that I think drives fans to stay plugged in, to stay invested. And Poyle has got, I mean, somebody in that front office I don't think people on Twitter are always right. As a matter of fact, I think people on Twitter are more often than not using it as their own personal sports diary, and they're probably not right. But you have to know what people are saying because then you can head this shit off at the pass. And so it's concerning to me that maybe he 
and whoever is in leadership just really maybe needs to broaden where they're looking for feedback besides just ticket sales? I think to me, at the end of the year, yeah, to, to David Poyle's credit, this was one of the most exciting Pred seasons. Mm -hmm. And really around, you know, Christmas time, January, there were a lot of yeah. really hyped Predators fans. I mean, the buzz seemed to be back. The optimism seemed to be back. But at the end of the year, this playoff series, oh, uh, this did not even feel real. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about it from the on ice perspective. I am talking about it when you went on Twitter. Um, you know, there was, you know, more negativity um, than anybody. This was like the, oh, we're getting killed in the first round, even from like long time, you know, optimistic, you know, the right. carry the flag, buy in, all in on this team sort of people were like, yeah, I don't, this isn't going to be good um and then when you know you, you're kind of pay attention to the fans you know sort of even after just game two um you know even before they came back to smashville it was just like let's just let's just get this over with let's just wrap this shit like up the, like the energy wasn't there <laughs> yeah. um you know bridgestone arena those two playoff games were dead it was not it, it was, was not typical bridgestone arena hockey it really wasn't no it was absolutely dead um, and it, that to me is kind of the thing where, you know, not just the fans mm -hmm. become apathetic, you know, but it's just, you know, the fans that are in the stands, you know, the, the energy is not quite there anymore. And maybe it's part of it is just, you know, when, when I think back to, you know, up until the Stanley cup run, how everything was kind of a novelty, Mm -hmm. You know, around Nashville, it's obviously, you know, their, their first playoff series way back in 2004 and what, how electric it was. And then, you know, you know, 2006, 2007, 2012, you know, some of these teams were, oh, my God, we might actually be competitive. And then it's, you know, the first playoff win, the first time they're in round two. And then it's like, you know, the first time you're in the Stanley Cup finals. And then it's just, you know, the novelty sort of yes. wears off and you're mm -hmm. kind of left wondering okay well where else is there to go because we're at the point where fans are just kind of bored with getting to the first round of the playoffs and bowing out like mm -hmm. they need you know an exciting team they need to be back you know competing in game six and seven in the second round they need to be in the conference finals they need to be getting closer to that stanley cup for fans to start to care again and i think you know there's a lot to like about the preds i mean they their level of consistency has been absolutely insane since they first made the playoffs um mm -hmm. you know i think that you know the status i was only the pittsburgh penguins yes have True. made more playoffs than the Nashville Predators since 2004. Right. Um, and that's wild. Like, it's wild that the Predators have been this consistent for that long. But it seems like, you know, in the past, you know, we've kind of rested on the laurels of, oh, yeah, you know, we got into the first round and scared the team that was going to go on to win the Stanley Cup. Or, oh, we made it to the second round and we got very close that sort of excitement, that level of this is the expectation is completely gone. And that mm -hmm. to me is something that I don't quite know if Poyle 
and the ownership in Nashville understand. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think they're not grasping the fact sometimes that we need to go on to the next step as a franchise if you want to keep the interest open. Do you think fan interest would be different at this point in the offseason had the Predators faced Calgary, had it gone to six games, seven games, and the Predators still lost in the first round? Do you think it would be a different vibe among Twitter Preds had that been the difference? Was it that the Predators were so embarrassed by Colorado? Was it that the Predators just jacked it up so bad that they ended up facing Colorado? Like, what do you think? I think if the Preds get to like a game seven against a Calgary, mm-hmm. then you're kind of looking at this through a different lens. You're, yeah. you're a little bit more optimistic. You're thinking, okay, well, at least like this style can give some really good teams some trouble. Okay. Um, you kind of saw yeah. that with the Carolina series last year. Yes, that's um, true. The, that's the true. Took the gave the Hurricanes, who were supposed to be the best team in the league, with for everything they got. Yeah. Um, and I think the expectation was okay. Well, you know, clearly there's holes, but wow, look at look mm-hmm. at what we can do when things are firing on all cylinders. Whereas I think this year is look, we put up a lot of our best individual seasons, and we were still nowhere close. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that to me, I think it's a little bit it would be a little bit of a different vibe. True, true. And people are saying it's the first round exit. We're exiting in the first round. But I do think how the Predators exited the first round and how they ended up playing who they played in the first round really magnified some frustration. Yeah, let's not leave the uh, Arizona Coyotes debacle out of this because that's I cannot even yeah I think that certainly steered some things too and even yeah. to Poyle's credit you kind of heard him say that at the press conference he's like mm-hmm. you know we talked about you know the way we wound up playing Colorado um you know the, the how they got to into that matchup you know he called that out so I yes. think there is some realization there that hey you know this isn't just a we got embarrassed in the playoffs this is like a long line of things down the stretch that we definitely need to work on yes yeah and it's good to hear him acknowledge that because oh my gosh I cannot go through another Arizona game like that ever ever again so at the end of this Nick listening to this press conference where where are you left how are you left feeling about the Predators this offseason I'm just curious well, I mean, I, I think and I said it earlier, I think they need to pick a side mm-hmm. where it's, you know, if you're going a rebuild, then you need to be aggressive in rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily mean tank um, because I yes. absolutely hate tanking. I hate selling all of your players for, you know, basically, yes. you know, picks and prospects that might work out and just intentionally trying to be bad to get some of these picks. Um you know, I would like it more in a way of, look, you know, if you're not going to use Mikhail Granlund uh, for the next two years or if he's going to be stuck on a losing team, what can you get from him that might mm-hmm. help you two years down the road? That sort of thing. But, you know, if David Poyle has no plans of a rebuild, if he is thinking that, you know, we still believe in this core and if Forsberg's mm-hmm. back, then we're going to be all in then you need to be all in and you need yes. to be aggressive in addressing some of this team shortcomings. And that is something David Poyle did not do 
this season. Mm-hmm. Um, really didn't do it last off season either. So I do think if, if there is a time, if your intention is to not rebuild and kind of keep this core going and try to get closer to a cup, then you're going to need some drastic moves this off season. Um, and not just forward thinking moves, but moves that right. make it better right now for the mm-hmm. next two, three years. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Poyle has to, I think he has to prove to a lot of the fans that he is willing to do what it takes to continue to move this team forward. Because I don't think you can argue this team moved forward this this season. This team got better this season. Not where they want to be, but they got better. But Poyle is going to have to make some hard decisions and and take some action to keep that trajectory going for sure. Yeah. So interesting topics coming up. Uh, We'll, Mm. of course, have plenty of that next week. More good shows planned. More good stuff. More good stuff. A lot of interesting discussion to have. And hey, there's uh, two days between now and the next show and the way uh, hockey Twitter moves. Oh my gosh. Who knows what nonsense can come up in the next (laughs) uh, two days. So we might have another zesty show on Monday. Uh, So yeah, stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, where can the people find your work online? You can find my work at onthefourcheck.com and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me at onthefourcheck.com. If you're on Twitter, be sure to follow the show at LO underscore Predators. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe, and leave a comment. Let us know what you thought of David Poyle and John Hines coming back for another run. That's going to do it for us today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back next week with new shows. See you then.